Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome again to the Explaining History podcast. And today I'm reading from a, a brilliant, brilliant new book, uh, Maoism, A Global History by Julia Lovell. Um, if you have an interest in intellectual history and you have an interest in how um, ideas have shaped the 20th century and how they have morphed and changed and the transitions they go through, this is an absolutely terrific book. And it talks about how um, Mao's ideas really uh, manifested themselves everywhere from Tanzania to Italy um, to uh, West Germany um, to Malaya uh, and beyond. Um, The bit I'm going to talk about is a meeting in 1936 between uh, Mao and the American journalist Edgar Snow. Now, some of you who listen to this podcast regularly might know that one of my particular fascinations is the fellow traveller movement. The, the men and women, um, in mainly in America and Europe in the 30s, uh, who viewed the um, Soviet Union uh, and later Mao's China uh, as being um, exemplary models of um, modernity uh, and the means by which the world might break free of the 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 kind of the grasp of the Great Depression or the, the stagnation of the, the Great Depression. None of these individuals particularly wanted Maoism or Stalinism in their home countries, but they thought that they were significant. Uh, they they were achieving significant things um, in uh, China and the Soviet Union. A strange, slightly kind of inverted colonial attitude, you might argue. Anyway. Um, in chapter two, the Red Star Revolution by the book, Julia Lovell writes, late one summer night in 1936, in a cave gouged out of a yellow lo- low cliff in northwest China, two men, one Chinese, one American, talked. The American, slim, dark-haired, bearded, was perched on a stool. His Chinese interlocutor, tall, slightly gaunt, with a mop of black hair lolled jovially over a brick bed, occasionally removing his trousers to cool himself down or pick lice out of his crotch. For the Chinese man, Mao Zedong, a good deal was at stake in getting his self-presentation just so. Aged 44, 
now had only received, uh, recently gained a position of relative strength in the Chinese Communist Party and was still facing off challenges from rivals with larger, or large armies and greater fluency in the Marxist classics. The entire communist state in northwest China was facing imminent extinction by China's official government and the nationalists under Chiang Kai-shek. While Chiang limbered up for one last assault um, to eliminate Mao and his comrades, Chiang's subordinates were building a military blockade around the area. The remnant communists, he confidently told his army that autumn, are now encompassed in a few scattered regions and can be exterminated without much difficulty. At present, communism is no longer a real menace to China. With the military cordon had come news, a news blackout. No information about the communist movement, independent of nationalist censorship, had broken through for months. The nationalists took advantage of this vacuum to spread rumours that the leadership of the, had been killed off on the long march from, southeast, from the southeast to northwest China in 1934 to 1935. So here we have um, an opportunity for Mao to transmit his ideas beyond the confines of the area of China that he and his uh, armies already occupied. So when Edgar Snow um, managed to make it all the way um, to Yunnan to find Mao and to interview him for the first time, um, the effort, the, uh, the payoff was the publication of the book Red Star Over China, which was the, the first Western account of Maoism and a, a, a hugely influential book. If you read The Morbid Age by Richard Overy, which I talk about quite a bit, um, about the intellectual climate in Britain between the wars, one of the, the more successful books uh, by Victor Galantz, um, uh, published by, by, by Galantz, um, was Red Star by, um, by Snow. Um, because there was a uh, range of kind of... Um, uh, left liberal left uh, intellectual voices um, in Britain and America and Europe during the 1930s that had perhaps little knowledge of Mao, a certain fascination with him. And Snow used the book to present Mao in a very favourable light. Um, Snow was a, a non-communist. He was generally um, well disposed uh, to um, the communist cause, rather in, in much the same way that John Reed, who was actually far more of a, a kind of a, a, a Trotskyite by the end of the Russian Revolution, um, had reported from um, the Russian Civil War. He, um, Snow, hoped this would be a, a career-making move for him, um, and he thought that uh, by making it all the way into um, the communist-held areas, he would be able to present himself favourably to Mao and get an exclusive interview, uh, and, and it worked. Um, Mao saw in Snow a means to communicate um, and tried to present um, the uh, new civilization that the communists were trying to carve out in rural China in as positive a light as possible, in much the same way that the Stalinists presented themselves as being uh, forces of uh, humanity and the future, uh, and they managed to hide the reality of show trials and purges, famines and camps. The um, uh, Mao was 
uh, easily able to uh, present a, a highly misleading picture of, of the communists to Snow. Everything was carefully controlled, however. Uh, Mao had a translator who made sure that um, Mao understood precisely what Snow was saying and made sure that a, a, a correct version, shall we say, a, um, a publishable version of Mao's thoughts and ideas were made present, made uh, available to Snow um, and that the, uh, in the, the entire discussion was um, recorded in a way that was favourable to Mao. Um, Snow um, completed the uh, English language transcript of the book um, and then it was translated back into Chinese for Mao to check and revise and then translated one last time into English uh, by Mao's translators. So in terms of journalistic integrity, the book was pretty lacking in uh its um in in its kind of overall um final execution um it would be considered uh highly unusual for any journalist to um present an entire manuscript to be effectively translated and rewritten by the subject it's not, it's not considered bad practice to check a certain number of facts dates and that sort of thing Every one of the 20,000 words that Snow took away with him um, went through this editing process. And details about the Communist Party preparations for Snow's visit remain uh, under lock and key uh, in the archive of the Central Committee of the Communist Party in Beijing. They are off limits to uh, virtually everybody except the most trusted servants of the party. Um, but it is clear that there were rigorous preparations. Mao didn't want to leave anything to chance, and he knew that by manipulating Snow and presenting Snow with an attractive vision of Chinese communism, that it would have immense benefits overseas. Now, it's interesting that Mao, um, after 1949, creates this highly insular, highly cut-off um, China, which really has... One, uh, one ally, the Soviet Union. But he goes to such lengths before that in order to court Western opinion through Snow and others. And the, the answer is perhaps that he was uh, aware that the fate of China and the fate of his revolution would be decided to some extent beyond China's borders. It would be decided uh, by uh, Europeans or perhaps even by uh, American involvement. And the reason he thought that is because, obviously, the last century of Chinese history had been determined in London and Paris and Washington uh, and to a growing degree in Tokyo. We do know, however, that Mao gave four instructions to his underlings on how to treat Snow with security, secrecy, warmth and the red carpet. The efforts uh, produce, obviously, the book Red Star Over China, which um, portrayed Mao and his uh, comrades as uh, idealists, patriots, egalitarian democrats. Um, they portrayed the uh, communist revolution in China as being an entirely progressive affair. The journalism of people like uh, Edgar Snow 
isn't the sole reason for Western sympathies towards uh, Mao or, in other cases, towards Stalin, but it is a significant factor. Without the portrayal of Mao as a uh, man of the people, uh, a down-to-earth public figure who merely has the interests of uh, Chinese democracy um, and the uh, ability to uh, moderate and to be magnanimous in victory in mind. Without those sorts of values being presented uh, as being quintessentially true about Mao, um, a great deal of the the later um, sympathies for the Maoist regime might not have been there. But as as it is, we know that they are, that in uh, Western society there are significant numbers of particularly liberals um, and their, the, the, the left fellow traveller movement who look upon Mao and say to themselves, essentially, is this not better than what came before? Um, if you're going to condemn Maoism, if you're going to condemn Mao's revolution, surely uh, this is a step up from the the kind of the uh, backwards uh, landlordism previously. Sympathies for uh, Maoist China and the Soviet Union peter out in the mid-1950s by and large, particularly for the Soviet Union. In some cases, the fellow travellers uh, looked to Mao as the kind of the, 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 the proxy uh, revolution after um, the uh, Soviets had kind of disgraced themselves in the eyes of Western socialists. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, in Hungary in 1956. However, um, Overall, uh, there's a kind of a distinct drop-off in the appeal of communism after Hungary. In both um, China and the Soviet Union during the Second World War, to a greater extent the Soviet Union, because Soviet 
uh, communists did uh, vastly more of the fighting than the uh, than uh, Mao's guerrillas did. But in both countries, there was some claim to the kind of anti-fascist pedigree, some kind of claim to anti-fascist legitimacy, um, which managed to uh, kind of project or propel sympathies towards uh, communism and Maoism into the 1950s. But again, it is the experience of um, Hungary uh, in 1956 that discredits Soviet communism, uh, and later on um, events uh, such as the, I think later on particularly, it's the Cultural Revolution that finally awakens uh, international uh, uh, so those internationally with sympathies towards uh, Maoist communism that all is not well in China. Edgar Snow wrote, Mao's aims were to awaken China's millions to a belief in human rights, to combat the timidity, passiveness and static faiths of Taoism and Confucianism, to educate, to persuade them to fight for a life of justice, equality, freedom and human dignity. Um, it was an enormous bestseller. It sold 100,000 copies in Britain alone in a matter of weeks, uh, and it gained uh, excellent reviews. Um, America's uh, most influential Sinophile, Pearl Buck, um, wrote at the time that it was in intensely readable, extraordinary, and every page of it significant. Uh, and John Fairbank, who was the kind of the great 20th century historian, uh, of China, um, uh, who I think died at a kind of very ripe old age in his nineties, wrote that the book was an event in modern Chinese history, uh, and Snow himself became an authority on Chinese politics. Um, he was consulted by Roosevelt, who um, was trying during World War Two to work out what the uh, China policy should be. Uh, and the State Department, which um, made the book basically required reading, uh, contained one official who so thrilled by the book was he that he, uh, during the, Russia, the, the Chinese Civil War, leaked Chang's uh, battle plans to communist sympathisers who promptly relayed those back to Mao. But the effect in China was significant as well. Um, the book was translated into Chinese and it convinced large numbers of young, educated uh, Chinese liberals and patriots, those who were not part of the um, kind of the core constituency of um, uh, Mao, um, to give up their comfortable and well-heeled lives in the nationalist-dominated cities of coastal China and to march inland um, to trek as far as possible um, towards... Um, the Northwest to serve Mao's revolution. So Mao's um, revolution gained uh, an entire generation of kind of educated and skilled young people willing to work and fight uh, and die for it. Um, and there, this created the kind of part of the tier of the, administer the, the administrator class who would take over in, in 1949. Um, the book's Chinese translator and editor, a brilliant linguist called Hu Yuzhi, um, was given the role of being an undercover uh, communist agent in Southeast Asia during the war. The book was then taken with him 
uh, and read by the future leaders of the Malaysian Communist Party, um, who would rise up and fight British colonial rule after the end of the Second World War. Um, the Malayan Emergency, which lasted for 12 years, um, which claimed the lives of uh, 8,000 uh, Malayan and British soldiers and Malay Chinese, was also a period of time in which the book was read thousands and thousands and thousands of times over in communist training camps up and down Malaya. The uh, book became a kind of a handbook for anti-Nazi partisans in wartime Russia because Snow had written down in it the uh, Chinese guerrilla warfare tactics, um, the anti-Japanese guerrillas, the Hook guerrillas in the Philippines, and anti-British revolutionaries in India uh, during the Quit India campaign of 1942, uh, you saw the book as an indispensable guide to uh, fighting insurgency warfare. Uh, Mao's friendship with Snow, um, which he used fairly shamelessly uh, when it suited him, um, for sort of international propaganda and publicity, all the way up to Snow's death, uh, many years later, and became the first um, example of uh, an international kind of approach that Mao took to his, his political vision. So Snow's book translated Mao's, Mao's ideas not just to a Western audience, but to many potentially anti-Western audiences, the audience, the two uh, people who'd been colonised by Western countries and were seeking to fight them, uh, and to uh, other uh, groups seeking to fight uh, imperialism. But it also placed the concept, the ideas, the arguments of Maoism uh, um, in an international context, the idea that now there was a different approach to communism than that which was uh, set out in narrow terms by Stalin. So, Julie Lovell writes... Edgar Snow is the first main character in this global history of Maoism, because without him, both a domestic and an international cult of Mao would be hard to imagine. It's difficult to overestimate the influence across space and time of Red Star over China. Acclaimed as one of the greatest American journalist accounts, journalistic accounts of the 20th century, it created a figurehead um, to humanise the Chinese communist movement and a constellation of principles and loyalists around him. Snow's starring role in fashioning Maoism highlights from its very beginning the border-crossing quality of a doctrine that is often seen as the most Chinese and most rural of political religions. Snow illuminates the international PR genius of the Communist Party from its early days and the way Mao's ideas and persona traversed territories, languages and classes and attracted international cheerleaders. Snow's part in this process also foreshadows the way in which Mao and his lieutenants uh, built and manipulated international networks of support from the 1930s to the present day, networks that changed the course of China's civil war and cold war and influenced Mao's own political thought and practice. There's a kind of interesting postscript to this story that's brought to us by Frank Dakota in um, The Cultural Revolution of People's History. He writes... In January 1965, Edgar Snow was invited to share a meal with Mao Zedong in one of the spacious rooms of the Great Hall of the People. The two went back to 1936, when Snow, 
a young idealistic reporter from Missouri, had been one of the first foreigners to reach Yunnan. Mao told him his story, and Snow accepted it eagerly. Red Star over China, published a year later, was the scoop of the century, introducing the chairman to the rest of the world and swaying opinion in favour of the communists, portrayed as agrarian reformers who lived cheek by jowl with the peasants in a great unfolding democracy. Now the chairman was using Snow to convey another message to the outside world, this time on Vietnam. No troops would cross the border as long as the United States did not attack China. The interview was never published in China, but read avidly with those uh, by those with access to it. So, many years later, Mao, unsure about uh, America's intentions in Vietnam, with long memories of the Korean War, and highly suspicious about uh, an American uh, um, front opening up on his southern border, used Snow in order to send a message to uh, President Lyndon Johnson and the uh, American foreign policy community uh, about um, the intentions of the, the Maoist regime. It was not a journalistic scoop for Snow. It was a way of telling America a story in the only way that Mao knew how, through his old friend. Snow's final use for Mao um, came towards the end of the Cultural Revolution. Um, In the early 1970s, in 1971, when Mao wanted to present to the United States the possibility of a more friendly relationship, Mao having realised that with, with the combination of the Great Leap Forward and the Cultural Revolution, he had economically and socially devastated his own country uh, and knew needed transferences of technology and later possibly even access to world markets in order to uh, revive the country. Um, he once again called on Snow to uh, be photographed alongside Mao um, as attempts to court uh, Nixon's administration uh, began. Nixon, of course, via his kind of conciliary Henry Kissinger, was almost too happy to uh, find ways to uh, communicate with China, knowing that this would be uh, the way in which um, the nightmare of Vietnam could come to an end, and also the detente in the Cold War uh, might be uh, achieved. And so um, throughout Edgar Snow's life and his relationship with Mao, Mao was able to use him as a kind of a means of communicating uh, with the outside world, at times presenting uh, fantastical and uh, misleading interpretations of Maoist communism, and at other times trying to open the door to the West that had been uh, resoundingly slammed in 1949 and presenting uh, a means of the West deciphering Chinese intentions, uh, which are at the best of times confusing and opaque, often to Western onlookers. Anyway, um, I hope you enjoyed this and found it useful, and I'll catch you on the next Explaining History podcast. Thanks, all the best, bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.